give us grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. And I thank you, Lord, for reminding me continually how much I need you. That's a good thing, Lord. I thank you for that. And I bless you and I praise you. Thank you for this time that we have opened up our, our hearts, our ears, our spirits to hear what you have to say to us. That we would receive our portion for today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So I thought we'd talk some today about the anointing and the fact that the anointing supplies what you need. Amen. The anointing supplies what you need. What do you have need of? Amen. Oftentimes we we kind of know what we need or we think we know what we need. Then there are some times we have no clue what we need. Amen. We just know we're a little out of sorts or uh, maybe there's <clears throat> a symptom of lack somewhere in our lives. Um, but it's hard to pinpoint the specific need that we have. And I thank God for the Holy Ghost because by the anointing, he can go into those places deep in our hearts and in our minds and locate exactly where the need is, where the deficiency is, what the, the, uh, he's a diagnoser and a fixer. Amen. <laughs> that's, that's the blessing in that, that once he zeroes in on our case, you can know for certainty that he's going to get it fixed. Amen. Uh, there's no such thing as us having a, a need or having uh, a request or something like that and he not fixing it. You know, he brings us back into that place of wholeness, that place of health, soundness, uh, peace, all of those things uh, with his power. And so um, um, I was, as I was going through the word, I was thinking about when uh, the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. And the Bible says virtue went out of him. And, and the Lord told me, he said, you know, the anointing supplies every need that we have. So Jesus was the source of the supply. And the power went out of him into her. And it was exactly what she needed. So there's no such thing as the anointing not touching your need and not resolving the the problem at hand. God always does that. Many times we'll have to take it by faith because there may not be an awareness in us that anything's changed or anything's different. But the anointing does come to destroy the yoke that would tie us to the darkness, to the problem, to the iniquity, to whatever it is. It it comes to undo what the devil's done. And and you've got to understand that, you know, when you're in the presence of God, always extend your heart in an attitude of receiving or lift up your hands in an attitude of receiving or, or open yourself up to receive. Amen. Uh, you all know what I mean. You know, there's some times will people, sometimes you see people come to the altar and they, they're, they're open until they get up there. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the devil jumps on you and says, oh, this ain't for you or people looking at you. That's the main thing. 
you know, and, uh, you know, people, you need to say, well, have a good look, because I'm going to get something from God. I, I came here to get something. Amen. There's not a time we get together in the presence of God that we don't get something if we're smart about it. Amen. You know, sometimes we sit and judge what we hear. You know, you need to be receiving. You know, the Holy Spirit, the judger is on the inside of you. Amen. He's the one who helps you to make sense of everything. And so when the Holy Spirit is active on the inside of us, uh, he, he sorts out what you, what you hear. It's something for now, something for later, something for put on the shelf or something. You know, will Barb just have an off day today? <laughs> you know what I mean. A lot of times people are just so cautious about they're listening and you know the holy spirit is there to help you not receive anything that shouldn't be received or you know he can help you to interpret it differently so you'll understand what's being said uh he's a great great helper and so that anointing <clears throat> works in our hearing to destroy yokes and to put things away that that uh in their proper place to sort out what we hear to sort out what's coming toward us so that we can begin to gain strength from the word that's preached and gain something from what's being said and so trust the holy spirit trust the anointing to do what what needs to be done you know uh i know sometimes i'll 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 talk to god and i say well god i don't know uh, today was a day you know we had a good day in service or you know, whatever, whatever, you know, and I'll, I'll sometimes doubt that anything was done, you know, because I'm looking in the natural or I'm looking like, you know, my worst critic. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you just have to be consistent in what you're doing and, and not second guess yourself and not try to judge yourself and, and all of that because as long as you're allowing God to minister through you and move through you the work of the ministry is getting done you know sometimes we're looking for a a mighty (laughs) rushing wind to come in but sometimes you, you know you might have the still small voice ministry today or you might have the reassuring presence ministry today you know everybody's always looking for big splash and dash and and you know things that are are making a lot of noise and, and getting a lot of attention but but sometimes we need to understand that that God has you in the right place at the right time and if you yield to him he will use you for what he wants you to do amen i mean it's just just that way and so in many times too we're looking at what we want to do from God. How about what you're assigned to do? <laughs> you know, ain't that enough? <laughs> you know, just just do your assignment. You know, it 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 won't sound exciting to your flesh or to the devil. He's gonna always criticize what we do. He's gonna make you think what you're doing is too small. It ain't enough attention. And you don't. They don't. They don't call you up often enough. Oh, brother. You know what I'm saying? If you're waiting on somebody to call you up to do something for God, I got news for you. This is an ever-increasing kingdom. It's increasing around you and somebody else is doing it. 
Now I think I'll say that again. Huh? The kingdom is increasing around. You waiting for some da 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 You know, some big fanfare. You want to blow on somebody and they, you better get your garlic breath straightened out before you <laughs> go blow it on people. They might fall for real, but it won't be God. <laughs> you know how we get caught in our imagination. And imagination's okay up to a point, but sometimes people move into them fantasies. And then they're disgruntled and unsettled because they think God's not using them. Amen. It's just true. You know, he's trying to teach us first. There's a lot of ignorant people out here, folks. I mean, seriously, some of them are, are, are determined that they've got a ministry and there's nothing there. A form with no power? Huh? And so, you want, you want what you have to be real and authentic. Amen. You don't want to waste your time, other people's time, God's time, in doing fictitious things. You want it to be real. You want it to be, uh, sure. You want it to be the right kind of, of, uh, effect. That God wants us to have. And so the anointing, when God anoints you with his power, amen, it is for the purpose of supplying needs. So, and and see, that takes compassion. You have to be a person that doesn't mind people asking you to do things, doesn't mind uh, people asking you to, to come here or go there or do this or do that. You understand what I'm saying? You have to be available. And, and, and God will test us to get the, the, uh, I'm important out of us. You know, he'll, he'll get that out of you. Amen. Cause the anointing won't abide in a vessel that's full of pride. So, so we have to be careful to allow him to keep our vessels in the, in the right kind of, you know, in a tune up, <laughs> the Holy Ghost compatible tune up. Because you want God to use you. You want to help people. In order to help people, you got to have his power. You can't, they're not, they're not waiting on your advice for anything. They're not waiting on your, um, Whatever you think you bring to the table, it might be something totally different God wants to use you in. Amen. You know, I know when God told me to start having my whole family over for Thanksgiving. And, you know, back in the day when you would invite people, you'd get a list and sort it out. Oh, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. You have the sure, the for sure people, then you got the doubtful people. You know, they kind of in the middle. And then you got not on your life people. You got me? And I couldn't afford to have that kind of list. It was everybody. You got me? And so, and I like it that way, to be honest with you. I don't like all this picking and choosing and, you know, you get the people you think you're comfortable with or, whatever whatever i don't know what people look for but to me family is family it's blood 
You, you understand what I'm saying? And and God said, gather them together. I want you to start gathering them together. Amen. And you know, most of them, you don't know what they think. They think you're the leader of a cult or, you know, then you got the Baptist contingent of the family and they don't think women ought to be in a pulpit. I'm, I done been in them pulpits. They, they even have the secretary. She can't stand at the same podium the, the pastor stands at. You understand what I'm saying? So I've been through all of that shenanigans. And so, you know, you just wonder about stuff like that. I said, well, Lord, this is breaking bread and this is fellowship and this is exalting you. So I'm just going to put, we going to just settle it like that. And so I stopped being concerned about what the family thought about what I did. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, that takes me out of the picture. I'm not, I'm not the important person here what's important is obeying god and allowing people to be in the presence of the anointing of god because when you when you're anointed of god that has to be made available to as many people as possible see i can't tell you the people that would come up to me uh they're at at my house for dinner and uh Say, um, you got any aspirin? You got any this? I said, no, nah, baby, I don't have none of that, but I can pray for you. See, sometimes it's just a simple thing like that. And then later on, that person will get in a bad way. And they'll remember, you know, so-and-so that I used to go to her house when I was dating. So You understand what I'm saying? And 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 she used to touch me. And I, I know that that was God because I got better. See, we're all looking for something spectacular and wonderful, but sometimes it's just you plant a seed and God brings it up, sprouts it way later on in their memory bank. And they have had a touch of God's power and, and, and now they can remember it and now they can understand it. Shay, baby, why don't you turn around and look forward, okay? All right. All the way around. I don't want a half twist. There you go. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so God wants us to make that anointing available because it does not belong to us. It's not our power. Amen. It's just like if, if you had a computer, your company issued you a computer to use for work. You don't go to somebody else's job and use their computer for somebody else's work. Huh? That's the way the anointing is. It's in the kingdom. It's for kingdom purposes. And see, when Jesus, when you got saved, I hate to tell you this, but God bought you. You're not your own. And when he anoints you, he's bought more real estate in your life. So you have less and less mobility to do what you want to do. Amen? The anointing highly restricts you. Why is he going to let you go everywhere and do everything? You did enough of that before you were saved. Huh? It'll shock you how many people don't understand these things. This is why we teach them. So you'll know, you know, just because God anoints you to do something or or he uses you in one place, that doesn't make you free to go everywhere you want to go. Huh? 
you you're under direction of the head of the church. Now see, you get man to ordain you and they'll tell you, well, you can do this and you can do that. You better check with the head of the church. You understand what I'm saying? As long as they're sending you and that's your agreement with those people who are over you, but don't think you can just run here, there, and everywhere. There's so many people who have thought they were missionaries and gone off because somebody told them, oh, you know, we've got a trip going here and, and they go over there and get sick never get better and I'm talking about highly anointed people I'm not talking about chump change stuff there's some people that go and they weren't sure God wanted them to go had a little doubt somewhere or they got turned on in the flesh and and just had to get somewhere got a prophecy somebody gave them told them they were going to go here and go there and do this and you ask them, well, what are you anointed to do? There's a lot of sickness over there. You ever prayed for the sick? Oh, I'm not worried about that. You need to be. Because you might be the sick that needs prayer. You need to start with your goldfish. And then work up to the cat, and then the dog, and then the cheerings, huh? And then the husband. You know, just keep keep working it. Just keep working it. Because I'm telling you, the anointing is like that. It's something we learn to work with. It just you don't just all of a sudden get over in a foreign country where there's a lot of malaria and stuff, and all you start healing people, and they you, you don't it don't work like that. And thank God it doesn't work like that, because you need some reassurance before you even step out and doing some of these things that you have what it takes to be effective. Amen. Some of the greatest healing ministers made that mistake. Started out, Amy Simple McPherson had a wonderful healing ministry, but her husband died the first missionary trip they took. They both got sick. She prayed, God recovered her, but her husband didn't. So she was the one who developed the ministry and had a wonderful, dynamic healing ministry. But see, it because she was probably the one that was called. You see what I'm saying? They always assume it's the husband and then the wife second. She survived and went on to serve God in a great, great way. Amen? Amen. And so we, we have to understand these things about God's power. You have to respect it. I'm just trying to give you a healthy respect for your spiritual equipment. The anointing is your spiritual equipment to do what God has called you to do. It is not something that makes you stand out as some wonderful person. Huh? It really shouldn't. If, if, if that's how you feel about it, you need to repent and get before God and say, God, please help me to be normal. You know, I thank you for using me, but straighten my mind out about this so I can think about it in a normal fashion. I can respect it, but not try to take any credit. Don't build me up. I give you all glory for it. I I don't want to share in that glory and forgive me for for trying to share in it, but, but I give it all back to you, Lord. 
And I thank you for using me. I thank you for allowing me to understand these secrets, things that have been secret from humanity for ages. God lets us in on that by his spirit. So it's an honorable place. It's a sacred place, but it's not one you earn. You couldn't earn it in a million years. Amen? Amen. You know, sometimes we we stumble into it because we love God so much. We're like Enoch. We don't want to quit. So we just stay in the Word. Stay close to God. Stay talking to Him. Stay worshiping Him. Stay and stay and stay and stay. And then pretty soon, He's he's blessed us and conferred His power upon our lives. So you got to love Him. You can't be going after it so you can 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 do stuff you want to do. We wouldn't know what to do anyway. You know, you walk by people and you think they need God and you find out they got more God than you do. You understand what I'm saying? It happens like that. (laughs) Who was that? Todd White said that he was ran into a man, a homeless man. And he went up to him. He said, brother, do you know that Jesus loves you? He said, yeah, do you know he loves you? And it stunned him. Because, see, there were some things in his life that hadn't been straightened out yet. He'll use people who ain't all the way straight. Use me? Huh? So don't get to acting crazy with this stuff you know what i'm saying i'm just trying to get y'all to be normal about things amen it's just normal there are things i'm still asking god to show me how this how this happens how does that work and if he decides to share that with me then praise god if i don't know for a season i don't know you know what i'm saying so there's all kinds of of mysteries here still about the things of God and and, uh, understanding them. We understand as much as we can. We want to, but there's still some things that, you know, are kind of like dark places and gray areas in our understanding. So, So that's why Jesus went about teaching and preaching and healing. Amen. He had to do it all. He taught so people could get understanding. He preached so that that word could be meaningful to them. When you preach, you say things with authority. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, um, it's not up for debate. You ever notice when people, when preachers really preach a good word, you know, you come away settled. You don't have an argument in your head no more about what they said. You know what they said. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like that. Preaching has to come outlet like that as a final authoritarian type of word so that people can receive it and it cuts through that darkness and confusion and all of that unbelief that people have. So so you got to have a preached word. Amen. It, to, to preach means to speak with authority under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Teaching is kind of broken down a little bit more. Amen. But there are times when a, a, a teacher will teach and then they'll start to preach because that unction comes to drive that message in with authority. Amen. And we got to be willing to receive all of it. 
Amen. And so, so then God wants us then to understand what he is doing with his power. What's he doing? Amen. What is he doing with, with his power? So in Isaiah 61, verse 1, I just wanted to go there and, and show you how it was prophesied that the anointing would come through a vessel. God would choose someone. And we know that was Jesus. And this was a different anointing. You know, the Spirit of God would come upon the prophets, the priests, kings, you know, people that God selected back in the Old Testament, and, and for specific things. But it was never the same anointing that Jesus spoke of. Isaiah 61.1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. It didn't say why he was anointed. just said he was. And this is the other thing about the anointing. Don't try to figure why. You'll get all off on the wrong track. You get it because God said he was going to give it to you. And he's saying in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So that don't make you special. Amen. And it says he's anointed me to preach good tidings, good news to the meek. That's those who will listen. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Amen. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. To proclaim liberty to the captives. So you're free. I don't care if you're, you're in Afghanistan, if you're in Iraq, if you're a Christian, you're free. If you're in a communist country or the United States, <laughs> where they trying real hard, you're free. Amen. The opening of prison. To them that are bound. See this anointing because it destroys yokes. It takes people out of a restricted way of living. Out of a bondage that they couldn't get out of. And it, it puts them over into a place of liberty, freedom. You're not restricted. You're not bound. You're not captive. You're free. So. What we need to do is is use our faith to exercise our freedom. The Bible tells you not to get entangled. Once the Lord has set you free, don't get entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Which means that you can get yourself wound up with the devil's power again. Amen. And so when you understand that, understand that that. When the sun sets you free, you're free indeed, which means that you can go and do the things that free people do. You can be free of illness. You can be free of poverty. You can be free of, of worry and fear and all of those things. Amen? You just have to start developing your faith for that. It won't come to lazy people. Have enough energy at least to open your Bible and read it. And get that established in your heart. That you are free. Amen. You know you get entangled with a yoke of bondage. And what does the devil do? The Bible says when an evil spirit goes out of a man. He comes in and sees the house swept and garnished. And then if you don't fill it up with the word. And keep walking with God. He comes with seven spirits. And the worst. The last case is worse than it was in the beginning. That's why you see people in the church that, that God sets them free. 
they live celibate for a season and start dabbling around. Amen. Fornicate. Then before you know it, they don't crack. They, you know, they don't hardly even look like the same person that came up and gave their life to Christ. You know, when God sets you free, keep walking. You don't walk backwards. You keep walking. He said, follow me. And he ain't going to no crack house. Huh? Follow me. He ain't fornicating. Huh? Well, he say, follow me. He means follow him. Well, don't look like it's no fun. Who said you? he told you to follow him for fun? You following him for your life. <laughs> it's more things out here than fun, honey. Let me tell you. And they'll wind up being your fun. <laughs> I remember when the, I remember, uh, I, I, after I got saved and I started getting involved in, in, uh, church and ministry and stuff, I was in a women's ministry. God had me there to get training for how to do ministry. You know, I mean, you have to go where he tells you to go to learn what you need to learn. And I learned how to believe God for finances to go rent a place and pay the bill when you're done. But boy, I have heard enough stories about churches that don't pay their bills. Now, <laughs> go to a hotel and they go in there, put a credit card on there, they, they go to you know, charge it to the credit card and it bounces. Huh? Feed all these people and walk away and can't pay for it. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> so God had me there to learn these things. I learned how to get faith for what God, when he tells you go do something, you have to believe him to pay the bills. Huh? <laughs> And so as I, as I was there and I was learning and then God began to develop other, uh, abilities, you know, that, that he was, uh, helping me to come, come into a place where I could believe him for a ministry of my own. And so as I began to understand that he called me to a ministry of my own and, and come out of that, then he began to anoint me in different areas to function so that I could meet people's needs. You understand what I'm saying? And and the anointing began to grow gradually upon me. And as I was anointed, I would begin to function in in those capacities and, and be able to do the things that God has called me to do. And so when people would come up to me later and tell me, well, women can't, ain't doing this and ain't doing, where's your husband? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I'm doing what God told me to do. I said, I've always done what he told me to do. I said, go take your bondage and put it on somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? Because once you're, you're operating in it, I was anointed to do it. I knew it was working already. See, once you know it's working, see, the devil's plan is to, to trap you before you get out there and you never know if it works or not. Huh? And so God found a way to give me insight, give me understanding on how these things worked 
so that when he put me in a place where I had to do something, where a bunch of people were dependent on me, you know, you ask anybody in this ministry, we've always paid our bills. We never had anybody knocking on anybody's door telling them we had to get out because the check bounced or anything. We've never had that happen. Praise God. You understand me? Because there are many people who jump out ahead of time and say, God told me to do this and told me to do that. And when they get out there, there's no evidence that God's with them at all. And so the anointing is there to help you get free of all of the shackles, all of the bondages, all of the women can't do this. And see, that's never been my struggle. I preach very little on the women thing. Because that's somebody else's fight. That's not my fight. You understand? God settled that for me a long time ago. I just tell them, well, hide and watch. If you can't come up here and watch me like a, a grown person, then go somewhere and hide. But watch me do what God told me to do. Amen? Because I know what he told me to do. And so when 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 you're anointed to do things, that anointing supplies the favor need finances need all of those needs yeah i was sitting looking through some old i had to sort out papers because i'm moving downsizing got to sort out and throw out and i found a, a contract that we had for our first conference at the weston hotel and i bet you can't guess how much that bill was it's was thirty-five thousand dollars that was our first conference ever. You understand what I'm saying? And some people faint if it's a $1,200 bill and arguing with the people at the desk. And But see, when God places an anointing on you, there is a knowing that he's with you and he's going to get that for you. Amen? He's going to work it out for you. I remember asking him, I said, well, God, can you give us an offering the first night where where we can get everything paid for? You know, Sandy Brown got up and preached about it. She said, this sister, this was her first conference. And she said, I asked God to give us all the money. And she said, I just looked at her. She said, you know, that money came in $15,000 in the first offering, first night. You understand what I'm saying? So God will confirm to you to do these things. Amen. Listen, you're not under the authority of somebody that's broke crying and trying because the first time God sent us out I wasn't broke crying and trying and I wasn't looking to my husband's paycheck to pay for anything either you understand what I'm saying that'll wreck a marriage quicker than anything will and he wasn't following the Lord anyway Sometimes the devil just tells people, just wait and see. She ain't going to be able to pay that bill without you. You understand what I'm saying? And we never, ever, ever had that experience. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Amen. He's a good God. Amen. So God's anointed us to preach deliverance to the captives. Amen. Recover. I don't know why I went there. I thought I was going someplace else, but here we are. Amen. But 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 you need to understand that because if if you if you submit to people with poverty on them, guess what's going to happen to you? See, the devil does it. He's sneaky. He does it for a reason. 
you might think it's not going to work out like that because you all cool and you this and you different, you that. But that poverty will come upon you. Amen. Ignorance will come upon you submitting to ignorant people. Amen. All of that stuff. If people are compromisers, all of that will come on you. And stifle you from growing to be what God wants you to be. You got, you have to be careful about stuff like that. Amen? Just have to be careful. So, he says that anointing is upon me to proclaim liberty to the captives, opening a prison to them who are bound. Amen? And that's spiritual and natural prison. I wouldn't skip over that. You understand what I'm saying? To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. That means that God is going to get take back what the devil stolen from you. Amen. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. That means the believers to give to beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. In other words, this is a jubilee year for you. Everything that stole comes back sevenfold. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So this anointing is to glorify God through the effect that it has on humanity. And don't worry about God getting the glory. As long as you don't try to step in there and take over, just learn how to chill out, be cool, move out of his way. Amen. Let him use you. Let the anointing flow through you. Amen. Don't try to have a prophecy every time you talk to somebody. It gets old real quick. Amen. I just rather go read my Bible. I don't need you to tell me every, every time you see me what God's saying to me. Huh? Amen. The gifts of the spirit aren't toys we play with. Are you kidding me? You need to respect God more than that. He says they'll build up the old ways. So this even goes into rehabilitation of your surroundings. The anointing does all that. When it's working through people, when people get free, guess what idea they get? You know what? I think I'll go out and buy me some new property. I think I'll seek God for doing something different with this old shack I'm living in. Amen. Oh, yeah. Those ideas will stop. You start to beautify the place of your habitation. Amen. You'll start to do those things. And don't say you too tired. You ain't got, you ain't got started yet. Most of y'all. Right. (laughs) You'll have servants. It says strangers will stand and feed your flocks. Amen. And the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Amen. Because you'll be called the priests of the Lord. And men shall call you ministers of our God. Amen. And you will eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory shall you boast in yourselves. Amen. And so when you, you understand everything that God is doing by dwelling in you. His power dwelling in you. You'll be more inclined to want to feed that spirit of yours. Meditate on the word of God. 
Get that on the inside of you where you start to speak it and you start to believe it and you start to walk in it and you see it come to pass. It starts to, to, to light your pathway, the word that you have on the inside of you that you crave all the time that you want to get in the presence of God. You want to read your word and study your word and understand what God's saying. You know, that, that spirit, when that starts, you start walking in the light of that, then you will start to exhibit all of these things here that the Lord said that the Spirit of God is upon him to do. Amen? It's to supply what you need. You know, it's like, what do you have need of today? The Lord will gladly supply it. You you don't have to wait for it to come from without. It starts coming. You start thanking God for it. You start declaring, God, I thank you that you're going to bring me this today. You're going to bring me that today. Don't be afraid to say it. Because most of the times it will scare you to know what God has planned for you. Huh? You'll think that's supposed to be delivered to somebody else's. I didn't order that. Huh? But it's coming to you anyway. Amen. It's coming to you anyway. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, and then in Luke 4.18, you see where Jesus received this anointing. He received this anointing. And he said, the spirit of the same thing. He wrote, he read Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 that we just read. And he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen. And so uh, he was anointed then. Now, there are people who think he was anointed earlier. He's anointed then. and But this is where he said, this day it's fulfilled. See what I'm saying? And so when when it comes on you as a permanent endowment, sweetie, can you go out and do that? We don't eat in here when the word's going forth, okay? Yeah. Please do. Yeah. Because it... You just need to sit still, okay, honey? Please. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, when it comes to us as a permanent impartation, that's when we can now start and say that God has anointed us to go forth and do things. Now, just because the anointing comes on you to pray for your goldfish or pray for your kid or pray for this one or that one, it doesn't make you a minister. In fact, mostly it makes you a believer. So you have a believer's ministry beginning. And then you have the ministry gift office where you stand in that office. And that's what Jesus was talking about. And then after that, he went nonstop. Every day he was preaching. Every place he went, he healed people. Every, every, every place. You don't see that prior to this. You got me? Amen. And so it, it appears that he may have had uh, the Spirit of God come upon him gradually, a little bit, because people were saying, do what we've heard you did so-and-so and such-and-such. And so, but this is where it comes on him to move permanently in the power of God. And it makes a difference. Once God, once you pass God's test, that's when you can announce that he's anointed you to do these things. Amen? Only when God tells you you can announce that can you announce it. You can't announce it prematurely just because he used you one time for this and that and you still don't know how he did it. 
Huh? I mean, seriously. You, you don't wanna, wanna go off like that. And God, if you, you find yourself waning in that, that's why. Because there's something off in the way you're trying to carry it that God wants to take you aside and instruct you and correct you in some things. You know, we all need correction. Amen? And we all need instruction. You know, I'm petitioning God to understand more and more every day. You know, I'm, I'm thankful he had me to teach on healing consistently over this, what, almost two years now, huh? Because a lot of the questions that I had are beginning to come to the surface where I can verbalize them to God and get understanding. This is something that I've always wanted to understand, God, and, and I, I'm expecting you to, to help me with this. I need your help with this. Amen. And so he has his way of working these things out so that we can get understanding. And so here Jesus was anointed, and there was evidence, there was fruit. If there's no fruit, you can't say you're anointed. God confirms his word with signs following. Amen. You have to be stable enough in your commitment to God to feed your spirit on the word regularly until he turns it into power. Amen. And when, because when God sends people out to work for him, he doesn't want the ones trying to receive it to be disappointed. Amen. He wants people to really actually receive what they expect him to deliver to them. And and where you go and who you minister to is not up to you. It's up to God. Don't ever get in. You got to get somewhere because people told you you would never do this. And don't be like that. So many people fizzle out and go backwards because... They're waiting on the opportunity to show somebody. You don't show nobody nothing. Not with God's power you don't. That's not your power to show anybody anything with anyway. Amen. So if you're like that, you're a loose cannon. You need to go somewhere until you can simmer down and get control over yourself. You know? Especially if you're, you're motivated like that. Pride. Good gravy. We all know where that will cause you to wind up. So anyway, uh, God God wants us to be anointed, to carry this anointing. Amen. As I said, it comes on you in increments. You couldn't take full force power of God. We can barely stand what he gives us. You know what I'm saying. Spirit of God comes on you and you start lifting your hands and pretty soon you kind of your mind wanders. You ever been like that? You know, it when you start out, it's like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. God is so wonderful and so real. And, and then pretty soon, you kind of like, right, you back over in your carnal mind. You know why you do that? Because you know if you press in, it's going to be in a place you've never been before. And you don't know if you can get back from there. And you don't know how long you're going to be staying there. And you don't have control. So you might as well short it out right now and get control right here, right now, where you are. And see, a lot of the things that we are looking for to help us are over the edge in that place. 
See? Where you get to where is no, a point of no return. Normal Hayes was a person that, that would get lost in worshiping God and somebody, they had invited him to come and minister at a conference. He never showed up to preach. And, and somebody called his room or, or something and, or went in his room or waited till he came out and he said, Oh, I'm sorry. I was worshiping God. And I guess it, it's okay, Normal. We totally understand. He just, huh? Well, God wouldn't let that. How do you know? Are you God? Like a preaching import, uh, a preaching engagement. You understand what I'm saying? It's important. But if you're yielding to God and He's got you over there, you can't be over there too. Amen. They'll find somebody else. They always do. <laughs> See, God is waiting for some of us to press into that place. Amen. That place where you know you want to, your mind starts to wander, you say, no mind. Get back on Jesus. Get back on the, I thank you, Lord. I bless you and I praise you, Lord. You see? So sometimes you do have to fight to stay in there. And it's worth it. Amen? It's worth it. We are all much too busy doing things that we don't even know if they make a difference half the time or not. You understand what I'm saying? And, and not prioritizing the way God wants us to. So God wants us to, to walk in this anointing, to walk in this power, to know that it's part of your spiritual equipment. Amen. It's like you're, you're, you know, if you're a chef, you got to have an apron, you got to have utensils and all that. The anointing is your spiritual utensil. Amen. It's, it's your equipment. So it's not something you can say, God anointed me because I do this right, that right, that right, that right, and that right. Amen. Even though you got to live right for him to anoint you. Amen. But you don't know what the qualifications are. You don't, I don't, nobody but God knows. Amen. And so we, we have to be this way, folks. We have to understand what it is that God is doing with the anointing, because it is a mighty power in God. I mean, it comes in and it straightens out everything that's wrong in people. It's very, very powerful. Yet, he chose to entrust it to us. Amen? And and that's the beauty of it. So that's the beauty of what God does. So, um, I'm, I'm going to give you, a, okay, I'm going to give you an example um Mark chapter 5, we'll talk about the woman with the issue of blood. Mark chapter 5. And verse 20, 25, we'll start there. It says, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years... And had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch, uh, may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up, And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. 
And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Now, if you pay attention, when God anoints you, you can tell if it's going into the person or not. But you got to pay attention. You understand what I'm saying? Um, we were talking, I think we were talking today, um, of how we had to learn certain things about the anointing. And uh, I know it was, uh, Shannon was saying I was shaking her, giving her her T-shirt, and I was shaking to throw it to her. Now, we know better. We had to. We we all got spanked. Gigi spanked everybody for throwing. No, she didn't spank us, but we kind of understood you can't just throw pieces of cloth across the the uh, altar because it picks up power as it goes. And I think who was it? We hit Nola and she fell down. Nobody was there to catch her. Poor thing. So, but see, now let me tell you the lesson there. We used to toss them and it didn't do anything. Yay. And see, God increases the power. And he don't warn you when he's increasing it. Because he don't need your permission to turn it up. Now we were thankful that the power increased, but we had to learn about it. So what that did is it caused everybody to back up a little bit and start to respect the anointing more. You see what I'm saying? You have to respect it and learn how to work with the Holy Spirit on a different level when the power increases. Now we're all believing God for the power to increase. Every time you pray certain prayers, the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord like the water covers. What do you think? Where do you think that's going to happen first? It's going to happen to people that are praying for it. Amen? The, 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 the sower is the first partaker of the fruit, folks. God's not, you're not going to be praying a prayer for 30 years and God jump over you and give it to somebody who doesn't even know what to do with it. The husbandman is always the first partakers of the fruit. Every every child that opens the matrix of the womb belongs to God. He's the first. He takes the first fruits of everything. Belongs to Him. Amen. And same thing with us. If we're laboring in this, then we're entitled to first fruits. Amen. And learn how to claim what you're entitled to. And don't wish it would go to somebody else. So Jesus felt that virtue went out of him. God knows when you're healed. And you know when you're healed too. How so? The same anointing that's in him communicates to him that I'm leaving To go into this person. And she knows it too. Because she receives it. So the Holy Spirit communicates to her. That she's healed. When you're healed you know it. Huh? You know it. Sometimes you're not as conscious of it. But there's a knowing somewhere in you. 
Because many times when, when a healing manifests on a person, they act like they, they're not real excited about it almost. Almost. Because really, if it came to you by faith, you've already rejoiced over it to some degree. Because when you believe you received it, when you prayed, there was a sense of rejoicing already in you. And then when you start to doubt if you're healed, you begin to thank God for it. So there's already a thanksgiving exchange on the inside of you. So that creates a knowing on the inside of you. And when the symptoms go away, it's like, oh, yeah, that finally showed up. That's kind of like in your consciousness how you feel about it. Because it's already signed, sealed, and delivered on the inside of your spirit, man. So she knew, she knew within herself that she was healed, but, but there was already a knowing in her of when it would happen and how it would happen. So she said within herself, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. So her faith told her, if you get there and you do that, this will happen. So she knew it kind of like it completed. There was a picture of of a, a set time and day when it would manifest. And when she got herself, when the, her faith got her to that appointment, it all completed and manifested. So she had a picture of it beforehand, and it had just got animated when she touched, you got me? That's how faith works. That, you know, as much as I understand. You understand there's some things, you know, you can add to it and all of that. But that's pretty much how it happens. There's a, a, a figure of it in your spirit. Substance of things hoped for. So there's a hope and there's substance to the hope. Amen. And there's evidence that it's real somewhere. And then when when you get to that place of, of the total manifestation of it, you know, it's like painting a masterpiece or, or painting a portrait. You'll see people will start off, they say they might start off tracing it or with chalk or something like that. And then they'll start to come. Some, some artists just do it all freehand. But eventually they touch up what's see they're looking it's something in them they see that's missing on the canvas that's why they're still working on it you got me and once that they've exhausted what they have in their mind that it's supposed to look like and it's on the canvas then it's complete and that's what's happening here with her she knows within herself that she's going to get healed. If she gets to a Jesus meeting and she touches him, she knows it's going to happen for her. So she does everything she can. She's got a partially completed photograph of herself whole that healed. So she's got to get to the total place of the manifestation. With you, I don't know what it is. With me, I'm not sure what it is. All I know is I'm on the way there. Every day that I serve God, I'm more healed than I was yesterday. I'm more complete than I was yesterday. Amen? And that's the way we live. And there's a knowing in you that there will be a time when every symptom goes away. 
Every trace of disease is gone. Everything that lacks is restored. Why? Because the anointing tells you that. The anointing teaches us. Huh? The Bible says you have no need of a man to teach you because the unction tells you. So even if a man is teaching you, there's an unction in you that bears witness to what their words are telling you. You got me? It has to be that way. You got a, a permanent tutor living on the inside of your spirit. You can draw from his knowledge anytime. In fact, he says, if anybody lacks wisdom, ask me. I give it to you liberally. And I won't upbraid you for asking. Remember certain teachers you had criticize you? I, I, you know, you ought to know this by now. God don't do that. Now, you might do that to yourself, but that's not coming from the Spirit of God. He will not upbraid you for asking. Huh? There's no such thing as a dumb question in God's kingdom. He don't judge our asking. Don't ever be afraid to ask. Amen. <laughs> the only thing that may should make you scared to ask God is that you, you're not sure you want to do what he tells you to answer is. You know, you might hide from him for a while. Oh, Lord, I know what he's going to tell me to do. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Don't be like that either. Because whatever he tells you to do, he's going to help you do it. Probably do it all himself eventually anyway, practically. Amen? So, So the word virtue, that's what we need to look at. Because if we say the anointing supplies what you need, you need virtue. Huh? Add to your faith virtue. Now what is virtue? It, it, the Really the root word is the Latin word for man. It used to, it the, 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 the original meaning was a manly strength. Amen. Taken from their culture. You know, Greeks and Latins, you know, the Greeks started the first Olympic Games. We all know that. And they were, they were champions of, of celebrating fitness, celebrating strength, um, a sound mind and a sound body. That was one, one of their phrases. Amen. Uh, it, in, it, in other words, the body was not more important than the mind was. You had your your orators and your poets and Plato, Socrates, and all of that bunch. They they celebrated the superiority of of the mind. Amen. Well, and then there were the the Greco-Roman Olympians, Olympians, and people like that celebrating the body, and they just sound mind and a sound body. Amen. So both of them were celebrated. And so this this uh, manly strength, this virtue, that's what they demonstrated when they would do their Olympic Games. And whoever would win was the more virtuous. Amen. And so, and and they knew that virtue had to do with inner strength as well, not just physical, 
But if there was a sound mind and a sound body, that was the ultimate of, of what their culture appreciated. And so when you are a virtuous person, you go beyond doing just enough to please somebody. You got me? A person, there is a reserve strength on the inside of a virtuous person to complete, go over and above what it is that's needed. And that's what the anointing does. It completes and goes over and above what's needed. You'll see virtuous people who will uh, if you're in a war and you're a, a military person, a soldier, the virtuous soldier won't leave any of his companions behind. You understand? He'll use the last ounce of his strength to pull a comrade off the battlefield because that's their commitment to one another. Amen? They, they, they're one body. They care for one another as one body. Amen? You'll see virtuous women who will be tired because they worked all day taking care of everybody and then put everybody to bed and go do a a load of laundry and not whining and and kicking her husband. I did it the last time. Yeah, I said it. So what? Uh Uh-huh. See, most women will fight for their children, but a virtuous woman will fight for her man. Because, see, when your marriage is falling apart, your pride will tell you, you can go on where you want to go. I can get me somebody else. It's called a coward. Coward, C-O-W-A-R-D. I said that too. A prideful coward. Huh? Why would you have part of the house secure? You want the whole house secure. Huh? I, I've seen many of them. You wouldn't think they were all that. But to me, the virtuous woman is, is, um, somebody like my mother. When she found out my, my father had gotten paid and was in the bar on the corner spending his paycheck. She went up there and grabbed him and the check and brought him out of there. And I've seen other women just let him go drink. Because they had them a job that really couldn't take care of the family. It just was doing a little bit. I'd have fought for both of them paychecks. You know, if you're virtuous, you fight for both of them. See, the coward takes her little money and thinks she, and then she got to go sleep with some other man on the side to make ends meet. Yeah, I said that too. I don't care if they are in the church. See, it takes a certain amount of humility to take on God's strength to be able to tackle the devil nose to nose and make him leave your no good husband alone. 
Hey! I said it. Drinking, sleeping around, doing everything, and you still trying to hold on to him and hold the family together. That takes strength to do that. I don't know where you live. That different takes a whole different kind of strength that a lot of women never know about. I hope you don't have to find out about that. But I'm telling you, if you need it, God's got it for you. So, virtue. You want to know where virtue is? (laughs) Yeah. And our family stayed together. The devil is a liar. He tried to <laughs> douse me with my own drink. Huh? She didn't care if the neighbors talked about her. She was there for a higher purpose than looking good to the neighbors. Or looking stupid to the neighbors. Huh? She was there for a higher purpose. If you don't tap into God, you won't get the virtue you need to stand and withstand. Because virtue is what kicks in when your faith gets weak. Know how you say, I've been believing God for this. How long, God? When's it going to be my turn, God? The Bible says, add to your faith virtue. Huh? You need some backbone and some staying power. It's called virtue. Amen. It's a fruit of the spirit, but a little something different. Amen. It's in the treasure chest of your spirit. It's not something you walk in every single day. Amen. It's in God's treasure chest. That place you hope you never have to go visit to get anything, but it's there. Amen. So this woman needed virtue because she was bleeding to death. She was out of breath. She was weak. When she walked, she probably had to hold on to the side of a building or something to get where she was going. She had to stop and pause. And Come on, y'all folks. When you listen now, this is what it looks like. And when she finally touched the hem of his garment, she's down there on the ground. Probably just resting or something, or waiting for him to come by or just drop down there. And the Bible says she knew within herself. She stood upright. She got strength. Huh? Because when he found her, she was not visible. Now think about it. If she was down there touching the hem of his garment, she started out on the ground. But when she touched it, virtue came in. She popped up. She's standing upright like everybody. He didn't have a clue who it was. So she wasn't still weak and feeble. Virtue came into her and changed her quickly. You know, when God heals you, it's not take this and call me in two weeks. It's immediately. You, I don't care if it, if immediately means a little bit leaves this time. 
You understand what I'm saying? But when the anointing come is, comes in, it destroys what's holding you to sickness. And every time it comes in, a little more drops off. And a little more, the word has medicinal power in it. So a little more medicine comes in. Huh? A little more, a little more drops off and a little more medicine comes in. More yokes are destroyed. Huh? You'll look back and you'll realize, you know, I've come a long way since I first, huh? I don't, whatever it was, it don't happen nearly as often as it used to. See, I try to encourage people to put a, a, a marker on things. Start noticing differences. Pay attention to your progress. Because you are making progress. Amen. Sometimes it's just in your attitude about it. You're not afraid of the doctor's report anymore. You're not afraid of them drawing blood. You're not afraid of them. Huh? But they ain't getting mine. I just, I don't volunteer nothing to nobody. devil tricked me one time this was years ago got me thinking that something was wrong with me in my body i started paying too much attention you know listening to people that supposedly have more knowledge of these things than you do get you in trouble sometime and i wound up having a a a cervical biopsy it's just a little bit of tissue and when I realized that, I knew there was nothing wrong with me. He said, well, you know, it it looked suspicious when I looked. And I said, well, you ain't looking no more. Ain't been back since. You understand what I'm saying? Look, no, look, nobody look at nothing. You understand? Like God look at it. I have people sitting up watching me. <laughs> she said, you can't go. To, I didn't tell you you couldn't go. I'm telling you what I do. Huh? You go anywhere you want to. Huh? <laughs> go anywhere the law allows. Help yourself. But me, I'm on my way to getting off of doctors, getting off of appointments, getting off of... Now, I agreed to work with the dentist because I don't want no no funny teeth up in my mouth. I want my own teeth. When y'all put me in the box, my teeth, are, my real teeth is going to be there. They ain't going to be looking for something and get the last dead person's teeth off the shelf and stick them in my mouth. Y'all, y'all ain't going to do me like that. No. That's why I'm taking my own with me. <laughs> I know. That's kind of rough, huh? Yeah, we got to have a laugh. It's been a little rough today, but anyway, it's all good. Yeah. So now they define virtue as defined in the Bible as miraculous power. Amen. So it elevated from human, from, for the culture, human manly strength, to now it's miraculous power, mighty work, miraculous energy or influence. Amen. So the anointing has miraculous influence on everything. It'll change you in a way that the law don't allow. You understand me? When you get that anointing working, 
in somebody, you begin to encourage somebody in their faith and encourage them to believe and trust God, that anointing will break laws to manifest God's will for that person's life. That's how people get paroled out of prison. They just start believing God's going to help them. They start crying out to God and thanking God for what, you know, encourage people to do that. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody wants to be, this anointing is to free people up, to set at liberty those who are bound. Amen. Some people are, are freer on the inside than what their years would indicate. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that God would want released because he's more good to them outside than inside. And we keep looking at what, what the, what the judge said. You seen what passes for judges these days? Pay some attention to some stuff. Huh? Pay some attention to some stuff. Unless they're obeying God, you can nullify every decision that's been levied against you. The anointing nullifies bondage, prison sentences, incarceration. It destroys the yoke that holds people in bondage. I don't care what it is. Amen. Let's get with the, get with what God's doing here. Always encourage people. You getting out. God's going to get you out soon. I know because I've been praying. I asked him and I asked in faith. You coming out of there. Huh? And let that anointing break that yoke that makes them think it won't happen. For them. You understand what I'm saying? Allow the anointing. It's miracle work and power. It goes beyond human ability. Amen. It's miraculous energy and influence. That's what virtue is. I'm sorry. The, and the anointing has virtue in it. Amen. It releases virtue into that person. That's new strength that drives out weakness, drives out sickness. This woman knew within herself that Whenever she touched him, I don't care if it's tomorrow. I don't care. You don't know how many times she might have tried to get out there and do that. You don't know. See, we think everything is just like real quick in the Bible. This sister might have been, you know, waiting a little bit to get to a Jesus meeting. But she knew when it was when it was her time, she knew that was a point of contact. She released her faith. Virtue went out of him into her. That's how it happens, amen. That's how the anointing does. Contact and transmission. Amen. It's a law of of the spirit. Amen. If you can get bad spirits off people, you can get good ones. Huh? You go around somebody and they say, baby, I like you. And you say, ooh, I like you too. That's a spirit. That's so common. If you can get that, I know you can get the anointing. You can get the virtue of God to work the same way. Amen. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me. Amen. To bring good news. To heal. To bind the broken heart. To set at liberty them who are bruised. And this is going to happen today. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word and understanding. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing that destroys yokes, never to be uh, yoked again. We thank you for that, Father, that what you do lasts forever. 
Your power is everlasting. Your anointing is everlasting. And I thank you for it. Miss Juan, if you got your t-shirts, lay hands on them and we'll just bless them. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the anointing that we send right there to our church in Detroit. And I thank you, Lord, for the healing virtue that goes on those shirts. You're healed, period, in the name of Jesus. No back talk, devil. We're healed. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes... We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen.